Hey everybody, my name is Dan. You are on the Talking Truth Podcast. I'm also known as Larry the Cable Guy. Yeah. Anyway, listen, we love doing this podcast. Brian Clark, Nat Crawford, uh, Talking Truth. This is season nine. It's on Courage to Lead. What happens here is as uh, Brian reads a little lesson and then we'll comment on it. And uh, uh, today it's uh, we're going to talk about how does corruption happen. I think we see a lot of corruption going on in this world. And it happens one bad decision at a time. And as leaders in our homes, and our society, and our churches, it's important that we keep God's word top of mind, keep him first, not as a good luck charm, but as light that we follow every single day. And remember, good leaders are also good followers. I mean, I learned that when I was a kid. But uh, anyway, we'll talk about this Uh we're in Samuel, 1 Samuel 4, 2 through 22. Brian? All right, here we the go. The floor is yours. All right. All right. So my first year out of seminary, I had a front row seat to observe firsthand what happens when spiritual leaders fail. I was an associate pastor in a church that was crumbling. I was sobered by the utter devastation to people's lives that was caused by the failure of a spiritual leader to lead well. We've said leadership is influence, and that's true. But it's good to remind ourselves that influence goes both ways. Poor spiritual leaders can lead people away from God and do a lot of damage to people's lives. The end of 1 Samuel 3 seemed hopeful. So what happens in the next chapter is unexpected. Israel had to go out and fight their arch enemy, the Philistines. The Philistines settled on the coastal plain about 1200 BC. They come up about 150 times in Samuel. They are the thorn in Israel's side. This particular battle would have taken place about 20 miles from Shiloh where the tabernacle was. The Philistines defeat the Hebrew army and about 4,000 Israeli soldiers die. The Israelites asked, why has the Lord defeated us today before the Philistines? I mean, what a ridiculous question. The people are living in idolatry and sin. They have rebelled against God. Their place of worship is full of corruption and sexual immorality. But somehow in their minds, this defeat is God's fault? Perhaps the better question would have been, what have we done? I mean, it was their fault. But wrong questions lead to wrong answers. Instead of repentance and confession, they determine what's needed is to carry the sacred Ark of the Covenant into the battle with them. To them, it's not about God's glory and presence, but more of a good luck charm, you know, a magic box. Several years ago, the Pope visited the United States, and someone got a hold of a glass that the Pope drank from. The media was doing a whole story about the magical powers of the glass because the Pope had drank from it. I mean, this is the same foolish thinking as the Israelites with the ark. I can assure you that glass has no more powers than the glass you're drinking from right now. I mean, God just doesn't work that way. There's no power in wearing a cross around your neck or having a Jesus fish on the bumper of your car or having various religious trinkets around your home. The power is in Jesus himself, 
and our decision to walk in obedience before him. Eli's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were escorting the ark into battle. It's not hard to figure out where this is going. These are bad guys doing something incredibly reckless and offensive to God. This isn't going to go well. Well, it doesn't end well. 30,000 Israeli soldiers were slaughtered by the Philistines. What do you know? The magic box didn't work. To make matters worse, the Ark of the Covenant was captured by the Philistines. It's hard to put into words how devastating this was for Israel's sacred Ark to be captured by the enemy. One Old Testament scholar said other than the fall of Jerusalem in 586 BC, this was the most catastrophic moment in the history of the Hebrew people. Eli is back home waiting for word from the battlefront. He is aware of what a terrible decision it was to take the sacred ark out to battle. A messenger brought back a fourfold message. The people have fled. There's been a great slaughter. Your sons are dead, and the ark has been captured. With that, Eli fell off his stool, broke his neck, and he died. Just as the prophet had said, Eli and his wicked sons all died the same day. When the wife of Phinehas heard that her husband was dead and the ark had been captured, she went into labor, delivered a son, and she died. With her dying breath, she named her son Ichabod, which means the glory has departed. In the minds of the people, this was the end. I mean, there was no hope. The glory had departed. It's just a tragic story. How did this happen? One bad decision at a time. Eli and his sons led the people for 40 years. Four decades of more and more corruption and a slow fade away from God and his ways. As the leaders go, so goes the nation. Can one man dedicated to obeying God bring the nation back? We'll find out in the next episode. As we wrap this up, it's worth pondering how subtle this slow fade can be. Rather than influencing those around us for good, we can contribute to their destruction as we allow one little compromise after another until we've drifted far from God. It's a slow fade that ends in disaster. It happens every day. How do we make sure that doesn't become our story? Now, before we bring in Dan and Nat to talk more about this, I want you to know that today's episode is sponsored by Go Tandem, your spiritual fitness app. Download Go Tandem today. That's Go T A N D E M and get spiritually fit. <sighs> Guys, this is a tragic story. Definitely a, a tragic story, but one I think we've read about in many other cases and probably seen in our own lives as well. I mean, I don't think anyone, you know, starts off their day or their life determined to uh, end in turmoil and misery and destruction, but I think it just happens one small step at a time. Isn't that what you've experienced? Well, it just it just lets me know. It lets it lets people know that you need to stay engaged with God. You need to have time with your Savior. Because if you don't, 
you slowly and gradually start fading away from those things and the world takes its place. And as we know, the world is not uh, <laughs> very kind. No. Um, so it just shows you that, I, it's like I tell my kids all the time and when I go and speak or whatever, and people ask me to speak, you gotta stay engaged. Don't, don't grow apart from God. You gotta stay close to him. And it's, it's just almost like the story of the country right now, you know, hmm. like Eli and his sons for decades of corruption, just like us. How many, how many public officials, how many, um, how many elected representatives uh, have been corrupt? And they've been corrupt for decades. And you see how it's affecting the Christian nation of the United States. Hmm. It's a slow fade yep. into um, a godless society. Hmm. And you see all these things happening. So yeah, I mean, once again, the Bible comes to life and tells the truth as we see it happening all around us. Mm -hmm. And for me, the story of this is stay engaged. Don't let don't let the world keep God first. You keep God first and the most important thing in your life, you'll stay engaged. You can't let anything take his place. Absolutely. And and I think, you know, one of the issues for And uh, don't name a kid Ichabod, whatever a, you do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's interesting because, you know, Brian in here you you mentioned that they they asked the wrong questions and it led to the wrong answers. I mean, their perspective was all wrong. I mean, why did God allow this to happen to us? But the real issue wasn't God, it was back to them. And how many times are we in situations do we find ourselves in where God's not the problem, but we're the ones who have drifted away bit by bit and piece by piece, and then we're stuck holding the bag. But instead, we got to quit blaming God. Well, absolutely. It just goes to show you, it's just like the world today. Nobody takes personal responsibility right. for things they do. It's always somebody else's fault. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it's God's fault. Yep. Why'd you let this happen? Well, you know what? Examine your life mm -hmm. and see what decisions you've been making in your life because you've tried to be your own God mm -hmm. and God has allowed you to be your own God because you've rejected him. Mm. And it's not working out too well for you. No. You know, I, I can't even count the number of times people have been in my office and their life is in shambles and it's just been a long history of one bad decision after another involved in all kinds of things they shouldn't be involved in. But they will ultimately say, why would God do this to me? Mm -hmm. And it's always just shocking to me, like you can't connect the dots mm -hmm. and realize it's been your decisions, you know, this slow fade that's led to your misery. It's mm -hmm. kind of the biblical principle of sowing and reaping. Mm -hmm. This is what you've sown. This is what you're reaping. Now, let me just say this, though. I, get, I do get that, but as in your case, though, with your father, I mean, why you could say, you know, you, know, well, you didn't you know, do anything It's very there. different when you're talking about just trials and right. hard stuff you're going through. Yeah, so... But um, this is stuff like people having affairs right. involved in all kinds of things. They well, that's basically in. what I was trying to say is... Mm -hmm. To differentiate between yes. those two. They're yes. two totally different things. Two totally different things. Hmm. You know, it's interesting, too. You mentioned earlier the 
the corruption of our leaders and politicians. But I think we have to add to that the pastors, the preachers. Absolutely. The Christians in our churches that do the same thing. On one hand, they're, they're presenting an image of someone who's seriously following Jesus, and you find out they have this whole, whole shadow of a life hmm. that's offensive to God, and you think, how, how could they possibly think that that's going to work out? But it, it's, it's becoming more and more common, sadly. Absolutely, and it, you know that's just the way it, it. You know the church, the church started uh, compromising early on, and then they kept compromising, and now look what we got. Hmm. Uh, some don't, obviously, but man, a lot of them do, and it's a shame. It's well, I think I think your point is is well taken. I mean, the reality is, I I think most people start off well, but. And at the end, something changes. Something changed, yep. And, and I wonder, okay, there's probably some people listening today right now who are in that position where they have compromised. It has been a slow fade. And they're realizing, okay, wait a second. They're right. It's not a God issue. It's a me issue. Where do they turn, though? Because a lot of us have wound up in a place we didn't want to be but we don't know what to do next. Like, practically, what can they do or what should they do to get to the road of recovery? Yeah, and Dan said it earlier. People today don't want to take responsibility for their choices. I think it starts with owning, this is my fault. Confession literally means to agree with God. Hmm. And I actually like that language when I'm uh, confessing a sin. I use that language. I agree with God that this is sin. It's offensive. It's destructive to my life. Hmm. And I think the natural outflow of that then is repentance. If I really believe that's true, then I'm going to change my mind. I'm hmm. going to choose to go down a different path. So I think that's where it starts. Then we celebrate the grace and forgiveness of God. Failure's never final. Hmm. Uh, we got to go back to being engaged. We got to get into God's Word, get back among the people of God. Hmm. You know, sometimes it's a long, hard road back, but that's what we need to do. There's, there's no magic wand that just makes it all okay. Well, and I think that road to recovery even takes time as well, reestablishing your trust and reestablishing your habits and reestablishing who you are in Christ. I know both Dan and I have got a similar journey, and you know, we, we were raised in Christian households and had godly influences in our lives, but for a time we did walk away. Absolutely. But it came to the point where you're right, we had to agree with God that our lifestyles weren't the way that God had intended, and then we began bit by bit re-engaging God's Word, surrounding ourselves with a community of people who would lovingly encourage us, hold us accountable to grow, and bit by bit that trajectory was corrected, and we are where we are because of that. Absolutely. I remember I fought that forever when I was a Chippendale dancer. Oh, I knew man. that I shouldn't be doing this. I, I, you were good, though. I didn't I mean, want to you, deny you to move. this body. I mean, the Lord <laughs> gave me a you know, square jaw. You slipped on the banana peel. Uh, <laughs> no, you're, anymore. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. People need to put away their pride and own up to making dumb decisions. And it's, you know, once you start owning up to your dumb decisions and taking responsibility— 
uh, you'll, you'll see some mm-hmm. differences in your life. You'll see some things changing because you're actually starting to take responsibility for things. Mm-hmm. So I think another good question would be how do you back it up farther instead of waiting till it's a mess? So since we're talking about a slow fade, it's like how do you catch it in the early stages so that it doesn't become such a mess? Well, I, I just go back to what I said earlier. Um, I was in a slow fade, you know, doing what I was doing. I was in a slow fade. And then one day I I just examined myself and I said, I'm going to stop the fade. And I started reading the Bible and I started really wanting to understand it better. And I wanted God to talk to me. Those are his words. He talks to you through that. Mm -hmm. And I just started to stay engaged. I started spending time in the Word. And the fade started slowing down and reversing itself. I think That's the, all I can say. The, the big thing you said there, which, which I totally agree with, is you have to decide that I want to go a different direction. You, you have to be serious about walking uprightly before the Lord. Because apart from that, nothing else is actually going to work. Hmm. No. You know, you, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't put a bunch of artificial things in your life and think that's going to stop. You, you have to genuinely walk uprightly hmm. and then put the pieces in place. They're going to help you do that. Yeah. I think for real change to occur and, and to be sustainable, it all comes back to a change of the heart, right? And our prayer for everyone listening today is is that they have that before it gets so bad. But for some people, that's just what it takes. But know that there is a second chance for every person listening today right now. But like Brian and Dan and I are saying, it's time to pause, reevaluate your situation. Is your life giving you the results that you're actually looking for? Or is there a better way? And if there is a better way, I can guarantee you it's found in God's Word. And Absolutely. you will see the change that you're really looking for. Yeah, he'll move you on in the right direction. You just got to make the decision to stay engaged with him mm-hmm. and let him take over. If you make that decision and you're honest about it and you stay engaged, he will take over. But he can't make you make that decision. You have to. Make it. It's like the fat guy going by the donut shop. He knows he shouldn't eat sugar, but you know what? He drives by the donut shop. Don't drive by the donut shop. You know, mm-hmm. God's not going to be able to do anything. God's not driving. You're driving, you right. know. Uh, <laughs> that's why that little thing, Jesus, take the wheel. Right now you got the wheel. Let <laughs> him have the wheel, and he'll <laughs> make sure you don't go by the donut shops in life. So you have to, so to speak. <laughs> yeah. You have to genuinely want to walk uprightly. Mm-hmm. You need Absolutely. to stay engaged in God's Word, and you need to stay involved in Christian community mm-hmm. and have people that love you enough to say, hey, I'm a little bit concerned about the direction you're going. Hmm. And I think that's a pretty good recipe for stopping the slow fade before it becomes such a disaster. Absolutely. Hey, that's all for Talking Truth today, but hold on. Wait, there's more. Make sure you subscribe so don't miss a single episode. And if you have any questions at all, about the Bible, about Jesus. Whatever question you have, we're here to help. I want to help. I want to learn myself. I'm, I'm with you guys. I'm asking questions. God wants us to ask questions. Shoot them our way by emailing us at questions at talk and truth. The letter N, ta- at talk and 
truth.com. We're going to answer them during our upcoming question and answer episode in February. So send them out today. Again, that's questions at talk the letter N, talk and truth.com. Later, Dad.